electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, the Veep stakes are over. Kamala Harris is officially Joe Biden's running mate in the 2020 election. You ready to go to work? I'm so ready to go to work. What the Biden-Harris team means for the Democrats and possibly the White House from Senate Democratic Whip Dick Durbin. The relationship between Biden and Obama started off very good. It turned out to be great. And I think the relationship between Joe Biden and Kamala Harris is going to mature and evolve in that same way. And we'll hear from pollster Frank Luntz, who's considering the Oval Office from uh, his own. This is actually my home. So I'm the only person who has an Oval Office that you can actually sleep in and you don't have to be a presidential intern. Plus, Joe and Andrew are together again after vacations, interviews, and a whole lot of news. Hurricane Isaias. I made a mess of it every time. We need to come up with a safe word. What's our safe word? Let's make it a clean one. It's Wednesday, August 12th, 2020. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin, along with Joe Kernan. Becky's off today. Welcome back, Joe. It's nice to see you. Hope you had a great Thank you. Uh, Thank week. You. I've been off the last two days, but uh, we had a little bit of electricity problems you may have heard about on the, the East Coast up here. Uh, so uh, we, we yeah. went down for a couple of days, but it, it's very nice to you see had you the in, your, right? in your own studio as well. And you're looking good. Yep. And yep. well rested. Uh, I f- so, feel good. I got some sleep. N- um, you, did, you didn't miss much this last week. N- kind of nothing happened. Not, not really, actually. Oh, what week? Uh, <laughs> like we, so much what, what week are we in? We're going to be it's going to be 52 for 52 at the end of 2020 in, t- in terms of. Of crazy weeks. Anyway, you know what, Andrew? This this delay is just a killer. You know what I mean? We're going to be talking over each other like we more than we normally do. But I guess we just need to. Do you want? Should I say out or stop or or, or something? How do you think we should handle this? What, what do you think we should do? Supposedly Howard Stern has just, a way of doing what, it that uh, that they never talk over each other. Do you have any ideas for this? What are we going to do? We need to come up with a safe word. What's our safe word? Let's make it a clean one. Just, you know, an update now on the pandemic Uh, in Florida. Officials reporting the deadliest day yet with 276 deaths in a single day. The seven day average of new cases, though, has dropped by 38 percent over the last two weeks. Testing in Florida, though, has also declined by about 46 percent in the last two weeks. Some testing centers were disrupted by uh, Hurricane Isaias. Did you ever get that? Sorkin Isaias. I, it looks I like just Isaiah, but it's made, not. I made a mess of you it every up. time. The, a the, mess of it every time. The current I, hurricane. Yeah. The hur- You know what? We need to. <laughs> we need to to call hurricane something, or else you say, oh, the one from February. Or, no, it wouldn't be February, but the one from August of uh, of 2011. You really do need to 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 do. It's like a. You know what I figured? It's like it's like a, a band, almost like a rock band. If you don't have a, what if you just named the four people in the band? You'd never get anything. So you got to come up with some. I don't know. It's branding. It's branding. 
branding, like Andrew Ross. This one, I hated this one because, you know, this one, we had our electricity out for a week, Joe, because of this, this storm. A week. It moved past. I got it back yesterday. It moved past where I was. Moved past where I was. We were worried. And, and, you know, that you never know with these things. And then it moved right up. And then I think it was headed for North Carolina. And then I heard what happened here and the cleanup that had to be done. You know, and it it was like headed right for this part of, of the East Coast, New Jersey and everything else. Um, New Zealand, Andrew, has delayed its general election process after the country reported an outbreak yesterday. After 102 days without any local transmission, the prime minister said that she was halting parliamentary steps uh, that would have led to an election scheduled for September 19th. The city of Auckland is on lockdown while officials uh, there scramble to contact trace a family at the center of the new outbreak. It's like single digits. Uh, it's like under 10, I think. Uh, in, in, officials are investigating the possibility that uh, the cases were imported by freight. And we've had this discussion before about whether, you know, salmon or we've had weird. I, you know, I don't know what right. to believe anymore. Uh, Andrew, I don't, I don't know. If, uh, I don't know what we know. I, I know that social distancing and and people that seem to be coughing. You want to, you know, I have no problem with masks and social distancing. I don't know about the wiping down the supermarket stuff anymore. I'm still doing it, but right. uh, is it, could it be on there? Do you know? I don't know. I, this whole freight Probably. idea doesn't make sense to me. From all the things we've learned, the idea that after a couple hours it's supposed to dissipate off of, uh, off of actually a tactile thing, it makes no sense to me that, that that's the reason. I always would wondered the entire time that New Zealand had these great numbers, whether was that a function that they had missed a couple tests? Was there, I mean, there are people not hiding in the shadows, but how does this really happen? And then for it to emerge again, given that they have been on this lockdown, how does that happen? Is it really, could it really be imported that way? Remember, that's what China had said right. with the salmon. You're, you're right. So, right. I don't know. Moderna shares, they're soaring this morning. This after President Trump announced this at a news conference yesterday. This evening, I'm pleased to announce that we have reached an agreement with Moderna to manufacture and deliver 100 million doses of their coronavirus vaccine candidate. The federal government will own these vaccine doses. We're buying them. Recently, we also secured partnerships with Johnson & Johnson, as well as Sanofi and GSX, to support the large-scale manufacturing of their vaccines, doing very well in those vaccines. Tremendous promise in every single one of them, and we have many of them. And they're years ahead of schedule. Moderna said the deal is worth $1.53 billion. It'll give the government the option to purchase up to 400 million additional doses. The moment that sports fans uh, feared arrived yesterday. I, I can tell you this, you know, you kind of get a sick feeling because you, you look forward to things like this. Two of the uh, of the Power Five college athletic conferences announced that they've postponed fall sports. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 said they would consider playing fall sports in the spring. Sounds like an oxymoron. It is. Uh, those two conferences are home to powerhouse football teams, including Ohio State, uh, <laughs> Michigan. Becky's not here. And I'm going to throw in Rutgers just kind of as a kind of a, a, this tongue in cheek, big powerhouse team uh, and Oregon. Uh, as of yesterday, the other three major conferences were moving forward with uh, plans to play a reduced slate of football games in the fall. The decision likely means that the college basketball season will be pushed back uh, as well. 
I've, I've actually seen cases made, Andrew, and I'm, I'm sure we disagree on this, but I've seen cases made that, you know, from I, I, uh, the, LS, the LSU coach and, and Lou Holtz and others, and, and I know they tested a lot of, of Notre Dame players and they got, a, I don't know, a third of 1% or something. And there are people that say in the program they can these kids will be – you know, around. They're not in the program. They're going to be out and about. And we know what kids like to do in college. And, and, you know, I I don't know if it really is. And then there's so much money involved that that goes to good use at at a lot of colleges, not just for the the football program, but for other programs. And then there's my own selfish, uh, you know, reasons for just, I mean, we miss it. And and I wish they could do it. So I I don't know how it's going to work. I mean, I think that the SEC is still going to play. And I think the ACC, and, so, and there's still going to be, right. it's so weird. It's like the Cardinals. When do the Cardinals uh, finish playing all these the way, games? They're missing be, their seven-inning games. And, we may not be on the other sides of this. I, I'm, not sure what the, I'm not actually sure what the right answer is. And remember, we had the president of Cornell on and a couple of other university presidents who actually I, made the argument that having people, quote-unquote, on campus, allowing them to test might actually be better than not. We'll see whether that experiment works. And literally, I think it's in the next two or three weeks, we're going to find out. And uh, either it's going to work or it's going to be the Marlins, right? So I, I don't know. I, lo- I don't know. Right. Carla, I loved her. I loved her when she was on. She's the best thing to come out of Cornell ever. I mean, but, I mean, you know, in terms of uh, the management types and yep. stuff, not just in terms of graduate. Yep. No, but I thought she was great. I thought she was great. It's like. You know, kids got to go to school, Andrew. I'm telling you, if they're if they're stuck at home, left to their own devices, I mean, they need to socialize. Anyway, we'll talk to uh, maybe we can all get this okay. Russian vaccine. You ready to sign up for that, Sorkin? <laughs> we ah, let's try but the market it. moved let's on. Try it. Next on Swap Pod, Kamala Harris is Joe Biden's official pick for vice president, digging into his choice and possible presidency with Senator Dick Durbin. There is a level of commitment, energy, and enthusiasm to bring a new president to the United States of America, the likes of which I have never seen. And more on the race with political pollster Frank Luntz from his own Oval Office. This is a genuine, resolute desk. Wow. We've got the humidor from Bill Clinton. Those interviews right after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global asset manager. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Joe Kernan along with Andrew Ross Sorkin. Uh, Becky is off to August. Uh, you were off a couple of days, Sorkin. Stuck with um, us. Probably going to be off again, yeah. uh, off again at some point. Um, you don't feel guilty, Sorkin? I mean, uh, taking time off when you basically have the day off anyway. You come in, you know, we sit here for a couple of hours and then it's like nine o'clock and we're home. I mean, so we feel bad about that's kind of I mean, like a vacation, is it not? You know what, Joe? This job has never felt like a job, Right. So what, what am I supposed to say? You're right. I, I feel like we've never worked a day You're in our right. lives, Joe. It's that much fun. 
It, and by the way, I actually yeah, believe that. Except, I believe that this is so much fun. No, I do too. I've I never too. worked a day in my life. But here's what I'll say. After, you know, years and years of getting up at, at quarter of four, I count that first, like between quarter of four and when the show starts at six, I actually count that as four hours because it's so, it, it, it's hard to go the night I'm before you. to go to bed and it's hard to get up. And, yep. it, you know, it's, it's dark and cold and raining sometimes. And it's like... So I, I'm, I'm not, you know, we, it's a it's a great situation and I love it. But uh, I, I count that as I don't think it's like, you know, we're just mailing it in anyway. And now for the news that took over the Internet yesterday. Joe Biden has announced Kamala Harris as his vice presidential pick. She shared the moment on Twitter today. Hi, 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 hi. Sorry to keep you. That's all right. You ready to go to work? Harris was Biden's expected choice for VP, but maybe not the most progressive option. In the past, she said that she's not a Democratic Socialist, distancing herself from the Bernie Sanders wing of the Democratic Party. Her tax proposals have included a $6,000 tax credit to families making less than $100,000 a year and eliminating tax cuts for corporations and the top 1%. That said, her policies are likely to echo Biden's on the campaign trail. As Biden's former competitor, Kamala Harris is on record criticizing him, as is often the case in a presidential campaign. One of her most well-known critiques was in the first Democratic primary debate a little over a year ago, when she took on Biden's record of working with senators who'd supported segregation. I do not believe you are a racist. And I agree with you when you commit yourself to the importance of finding common ground. But I also believe, and it's personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. It's a mischaracterization of my position across the board. I do not praise racist. That is not true. Vice President Biden, do you agree today? Do you agree today? that you were wrong to oppose busing in America. Then, no. do you agree? Now, the election itself, it'll be one like no other, in a year like no other. In the CNBC Change Research States of Play survey, only about 50% of those polled expressed confidence in mail-in voting during the pandemic. At any rate, the Kamala Harris pick has stirred up visceral reactions from Washington. She was probably nastier than even Pocahontas to Joe Biden, I would think that he wouldn't have picked. To Wall Street, to California, her home state, and all the social media posts in between. We heard from Illinois Senator Dick Durbin, the Democratic whip. This is the first of two interviews today on Squawk Box about Biden-Harris 2020. Here's Andrew Ross Sorkin. Good morning to you, uh, Senator. We do want to understand how you think this changes the dynamic, not just of the election, if you think it does, but in terms of her positions on the economy. Uh, you know, you go back and you look uh, back when she was running against Biden, she had uh, a number of, uh, of different views, one of which was to to, um, uh, to tax uh, trading on Wall Street, for example. What do you think her impact is going to be in terms of policy? Well, first things first, uh, a heartbeat away from the presidency, issue ready. Attorney General for the largest state in the United States of America, um, member of the Senate, as well as the Judiciary Committee, the Intelligence Committee. I've been working with Kamala for years, and I can tell you, though, she's not high in seniority. She is very high in the mutual respect we have for her in the Senate caucus. In terms of her political views, 
Um, let's be honest, Joe Biden is going to be the leader of that effort and the leader of that decision making. She's going to be an integral part of it. In terms of the campaign, we couldn't ask for more. Here's a proven national candidate who's been around uh, and worked uh, my state as well as others. She has a, a large group of friends who are now excited as can be about joining in this effort. Senator, what, what do you make, though, of some of the, the personal or interpersonal dynamics, intramural squabbling at play. There was a view that one of the things that Vice President Biden wanted was a partner in the same kind of partnership way that he had uh, with uh, with 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 President Obama and some skepticism about whether he's going to have that same kind of relationship, uh, given some of the public shots that they have taken, frankly, at each other or that she has taken at him and uh, a view that she may be uh, she may have even greater aspirations, you might as you might imagine, and, and whether that that creates a trust a trust issue. First, let me say a word about Biden, Obama. Uh, I was involved in the early stages of the Obama presidential campaign, sitting in an RV with him in Florida with a legal pad, checking off the names of potential running mates. So I kind of knew the process from the beginning. He made the final decision for sure. And the relationship between Biden and Obama started off very good. It turned out to be great. And I think the relationship between uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris is going to mature and evolve in that same way. You know, normal people don't understand sometimes this world of politicians. Uh, we can fight like cats and dogs uh, when it comes to primaries in particular. And the day after the primary decision, decide that that person we just uh, had, had the heated words with is going to be an ally in something very important in the future. That's the nature of this business. Uh, you can disagree with someone. You just don't want to be disagreeable. What do you make of the idea and it's a, it's a critique from the left, uh, e even more left, if you will, that that this um, that this ticket uh, isn't is, is almost too moderate. I can just tell you this: there is a level of commitment, energy, and enthusiasm to bring a new president to the United States of America, the likes of which I have never seen in terms of the left and the Democratic Party. Bernie Sanders has been a trooper since he's withdrawn. He's met with Biden. He's working to move us forward to make sure we have a victory on November 3rd. We are trying to tell everybody here, whatever your minor differences may be, we have a major responsibility to bring new leadership to this country, to move this country forward, to rebuild this economy, and first and foremost, to deal with this coronavirus in an effective way. You know, this audience... Uh Senator, is a, a, a biz, oftentimes a business audience, uh, business interests, trying to understand what it means to the economy, what it means to business, what it may mean to the markets. Just speak to her views about uh, Wall Street and banks. You know, uh, one of the first things that, that, that Biden put out about her uh, was uh, that she took on the big banks. Um, clearly, there, there's questions about taxes. And then, as you just said, you know, Bernie Sanders getting behind uh, Biden, how, how much does Biden get behind Bernie Sanders? He put out a plan just last week uh, to tax billionaires who've made money during the pandemic. Uh, I'm not making a judgment on, on whether any of those things are, are, are good or bad. I'm just wondering where you think the, the, the Biden ticket will ultimately come out on those issues. Let me tell you this. To my friends in the business community, the biggest single devastating statistic, which you should remember, is this. The United States has between 4 and 5% of the world's population. We have 25% of the COVID infections. The rest of the world is looking to the United States and saying, what have you been doing for six months? 
A lot of us have been doing things which have reduced the rate of infection and death, and our economies are starting to recover. The United States still on the ropes in many respects. So for my friends in the business community, please don't overlook the obvious. We need a leader who can mobilize and unify the American people in, in striking an end to this coronavirus. Then as we move forward, we need to build jobs, good paying jobs in America. I know Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are committed to that. I hope my friends in the business community realize that that is a key for our democracy to be strong for generations to come. And talking about our, our economy, just tell us where you think the stimulus uh, measures really stand right now uh, after President uh, Trump uh, put those executive orders in place. I know there's obviously a big fight about that, but what, what's the betting? What's your betting line on, on where this where this goes? We've made it clear uh, with our leadership, Pelosi and Schumer, we're willing to go halfway. That's the nature of compromise, and we're prepared to do it. We've said so much, but we can't talk to an empty chair at an empty table. Mitch McConnell and the Republican leader of the House, Kevin McCarthy, refused to attend the negotiation sessions. What did they have to do that was more important than that negotiation? And when it failed and the White House said we we're walking away, we've said the door is open. When you're ready to come back in and talk about a solution, we're going to move forward. I will tell you this. I hope the executive orders bring relief to some families. But I don't believe that that really is the approach that should be used. Ben Sass, the Republican senator, called it unconstitutional slop that the president was uh, bending on this. I don't believe it's going to address key issues like increasing testing, money for our schools, things that are absolutely essential. And so there'll come a time soon when there'll be another negotiation. I hope this time the Republicans will show up. Uh, Senator Gerbert, uh, we appreciate your time this morning. Um, it, that's a longer debate and we should have it and we hope to have you back uh, to continue it, though, frankly, I hope there won't be a debate. I hope there actually uh, be some form of agreement and uh, we will get uh, money to those who need it uh, so very much during these challenging times. Thank you, you Senator. Bet. Thank you. Join us now for analysis on what Biden's VP choice uh, means for the election uh, and investors as pollster in political strategist Frank uh, Luntz. Frank, was Kamala Harris the, the most likely? I think it was, but I actually got uh, I got swayed yesterday by the predicted uh, uh, numbers that, that Susan Rice might actually be be the choice. But all along, I thought that probably uh, Senator Harris was going to be it. Where were you? Well, I've, I brought with me a couple examples of where they have absolutely gotten it wrong. That was when Ronald Reagan was going to choose uh, Gerald Ford or the example of when John Kerry was choosing Dick Gephardt. At least most of the people got it right. But I want to raise the point because everybody is saying that Joe Biden is the prohibitive front runner. I just want to remind viewers of this famous headline, Dude Defeats Truman. It is, this is one of the most difficult elections to survey. This is one of the most difficult electorates to really understand. They are angry, they are frustrated. They are nervous about the future. They're afraid for their kids. There's a group that I'm looking at right now that I think is going to determine this election, and that is women with children of school age, that when you get to be of that age and of that family status, you start to move from Democratic to Republican. And these women have moved away from Donald Trump in the last six to eight weeks because they find this pressure to send their kids to school, and they're very nervous about this. This is a business issue. This is an economic issue, because how can the economy resume? How can we bring people back and return life to normal 
if they have to stay home with their kids or they're arguing or fighting over child care. I think that Harris was a safe choice, but I would also remind people that there's a video of her with Stephen Colbert, and I think you guys have in the control room, where she laughs off that criticism of Joe Biden. And I don't think that video is going to do her well. In fact, I think it's going to be the most watched video of the next three months. It was a debate. <laughs> Not everybody landed punches like you did, though. It I was mean. a debate. <laughs> so you don't mean it. It was a debate. It was a little bit too honest, I think, or cynical or something, Frank. I think we all thought about I remember when she said it to Joe Biden, and it did seem like she was going to say that. It, it had been that we knew that she was going to go there and bring up that she was that little girl on, on, on the bus. But it was still very effective. And she was a very, um, it seemed like, sincere person to talk about the, those issues. And now, and I understand that debates, after they're over, everybody eventually hugs and supports the candidate. But to go back and say, you know, yeah, that was just a debate and that was a tool I was using to try and win the debate. I think that 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 sort of adds to the, the phony uh, persona that, that they're going to try to use uh, on the Republican side uh, to, to try to put put her in that box. We've done this maybe a dozen times, you and I, over the last year, and we have often disagreed. And you and I could not agree more on this. I think it adds to this cynicism. Now, I'm very careful about my analysis of her, because if you looked at the last 12 hours of coverage, she's being protected. She's being celebrated. And in this era of cancel culture, if you're critical of her in any way, you're called a misogynist or a racist. Chris Dodd learned this. Uh, personally, when he was critical of some of the responses that she gave him in the vetting process. So I, I urge people be very careful about what you say. But that doesn't change the fact that it's a level of cynicism and a level of uh, of dismissal when you simply blame a really tough, harsh criticism on the fact that it's a debate. Should we not believe her when she debates Mike Pence in the fall? Should we not believe things that she says simply because it's a political moment for her. I'd like to think that we can reach a higher standard in this remaining 85 days. I'd yeah. like to think that we can do better than the uh, campaigns of the past. So, Frank, what what am I looking at? Uh, uh, you, you seem very presidential uh, today. What, what what is where are you? Uh, it was very kind of Donald Trump to give me his office. And uh, I'm very fortunate. This is real. This is this is a chair. This is not a photograph. This is actually my home in uh, California. This is a 78% replica of the Oval Office. And over here, as I turn this around, this is the Lincoln bedroom. So I'm the only person who has an Oval Office that you can actually sleep in and you don't have to be a presidential intern. Okay. Well, were you just not going to say anything? You're waiting for me to ask that. We wanted to. We wanted to, to clear that up. Well, this is not a green screen. Like no. if you got out of your chair, and I don't want you to because you have a mic. You could actually walk back there. There's depth. Yes, I'm going to show you what. Oh it looks my goodness! Like. And this is a genuine, resolute desk. I'm going to put it there behind me so you can see including the buck stops here. Wow. Uh, we've got the humidor from Bill Clinton. Let's see if I can get that in the shot. These are couches from wow. Bill Clinton. This is the whole thing. And that that is the behind me is the painting 
of George Washington that was in the Richard Nixon White House. And uh, yes, this is real. So I'm going to sit behind the, the desk and I'm going to show you guys something that they've never seen before, which is this is let's put it back down. This is the red phone. This is the famous phone that was used to contact the Kremlin in the 1970s and 1980s. Wow. That's something. Wow. Uh, that is something, Frank. And here's what's Amazing. really cool. Guys. Thank you. You have now made this a tax deduction. This room cost almost a million dollars to build, and now I can take it off of my taxes because I can say that I used it for a CNBC shot. That's excellent. Who knew? Who Frank, knew? we're going to need you again and again, yeah, again and again between now and November. The, the, uh, I'm still trying to get my head around the Bill Clinton humidor. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, I don't, don't even want to. I'm surprised you even said that. But anyway, thank you, Frank. For a peek at what it actually looks like in Frank Luntz's replica Oval Office and Lincoln Bedroom at home, please check out our Twitter feed, at Squawk CNBC. You can see video of the live tour right there. Squawk Pod will be right back. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. And that's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. And to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, subscribe to this podcast, Squawk Pod, on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.